Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. No Oh my gosh, thank you, Selena. I'm sorry, I put my finger all in front of the camera. Good morning, thank you for that, Selena. Y'all just go there, have me smiling and beaming. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Brandy Hill, I'm praying for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Oh, you can do better than that. Thank you, 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 thank you. Father God, thank you for being our strength. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for how intentional you are with us. Thank you for looking beyond our faults and seeing our needs. Thank you for being so exacting. God is so specific. Thank you for being so loving, so caring. My God, so intentional. My God, thank you for waking us up this morning. Thank you for giving us the activities of our limbs. Thank you, Father God, for clothing us in our right mind. Thank you for you being God. 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 Thank you for you being God, that there is no circumstance, there is no situation that is greater than you. So this morning, Lord God, we cast all our cares on you. We lay aside every weight. We present ourselves as the living sacrifice, my God, 
And we ask you, Holy Spirit, fill us up. Fill our cup. My God, we lack nothing in you. We receive the fullness of who you called us to be. We receive our righteousness. My God, we receive our the love you have for us. We receive what you say about us. My God. Now, Father God, show us your glory. Let us manifest your glory. Let us walk in the fullness of your glory. We drive out the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. You did not give us fear. You did not give us worry. You did not give us timidity. So we drive that out right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, for filling us up, for filling us up, for being our reasonable portion. For being our reasonable portion, for giving us your daily bread, our daily bread. My God, we thank you, Father, for healing and health today. My God, we receive your healing and health today. My God, we do away with all manner of worry. We do away with all manner of fear. We drive out anxiety right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for filling us up, for filling our cup. My God, this is such a precious, intimate moment with God. I hope you receive everything you need from your father today. He is your reasonable portion. For those of us that are not married yet, he is your kinsman redeemer. My God. And if you will set your affection on him, I promise he will become all you could ever need. He will become all you could ever imagine. He's that kind of God. He's such a good, good father. He's faithful. He's the cure for everything. Whoa! He's the cure for everything. He's the cure for everything. My God, Isaiah said it best in Isaiah 53 and 5. My God, when he was prophesying over the Lord Jesus or telling the story of who Jesus was, and he spoke in a vernacular as if it had already happened. He spoke in a vernacular as if Jesus has had already come. He was already showing how God had predestined us. My God. My God. So he said he was wounded. My God, it had not even happened yet. He said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was already dealing with all of our transgressions. He was already dealing for all of our sins. He had already took the, the plan already. God had already planned it out. My God. God had already planned it out. God had already forethought, even though Adam and Eve had fallen, even though Adam and Eve had messed up, come on, Holy Spirit, God had already, he had an audible, he had a, he had something in the clutch, my God, my God. So when I say he's the cure for everything, oh, when I say he's the cure for everything, he is absolutely the cure for absolutely everything. And I'm going to back it up in the word. He was wounded for our transgressions. That's every sin. That's every, that's every sin. That's every sin. He was bruised for all of our iniquities. My God, he was already chastised so that we could walk in peace and by his stripes, we are healed. So Father God, thank you for our faithfulness and everything. You are the cure to absolutely every problem, every circumstance, and every situation. Jesus is all that we need. Jesus is all. He are. I love. This is this is how I love. This is why I love God so much. This is why I love God so much. This is why I believe in trusting God so much. This is, and I've experienced this personal, personally. What kind of father already has the 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 end planned for us? What kind of father already has the best 
planned for us? What kind of father is this intentional with us? My God, he he knew. Romans said it best. He said, all things are going to work for your good. <laughs> all things are going to work for your good. All things are going to work for your good. He's going to take the good. He's going to take the bad. He's going to take the ugly. He's going to wrap it up all in his plan. And it's going to play out. My God, just like he said it would. It's going to play out just like he said it would. All we got to do is submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. My God, it is not, your life is not a tragedy. Come on, Holy Spirit. Your life is not a tragedy. Your life does not end in one moment. Can I share something with you? You guys know December 16th, right? Right before, day before my birthday, right before Christmas, my aunt died. And when my uncle eulogized her, the message was so powerful. And one of the things he confirmed, he confirmed that the Lord shared with him that God was with my aunt till the end. He confirmed what the Lord had told me, that he would, that Jesus was with her even as she was leaving church, that Jesus was with her. So he confirmed that. But he also talked about her fulfilling her race. Can I tell you something? Can I be real honest? When death recognizes that it does not have a hold over you, I told y'all I talk real crazy to Satan. I talk real crazy to the enemy. Y'all know I have adult sons. They do not live in my house. Um, they are my prom they are my promises. They are promises to this world. Um, everything in their life has not lined up to the promise, but it doesn't matter. And so when fear has come in and the enemy has tried, like when Corona started, right? Two of my sons at that time were homeless in Texas. I'm just going to be real. I'm just going to share my heart. Two of my sons at that time were homeless in Texas. They did not have places to stay. They were living outside. They were living in their cars. They did not want to come home. And COVID hit. Texas was locked down. Arkansas was locked down. And I was laying in my bed. I'm telling you, I talk crazy to Satan. I don't talk kind to him because he don't talk kind to me. So I don't talk kind to him. I'm not nice to him. I don't entertain his foolery. I don't let him talk this trash. I was laying in my bed and I will never forget. Anxiety and fear was trying to overwhelm me. Anxiety and fear was trying to overwhelm me. And one of my sons had texted me and he says, Mom, I'm not feeling good. And I was like, oh my gosh, right? He says, Mom, I'm not feeling good. He says, Mom, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling well. Well, then after he texted me and told me that he was not feeling well, I did not hear from him for days. Now, this was March. This was March. I did not. I, I did not heal him for days. He, he, he's, I did not, I did not hear from them for days. So I was laying in my bed one night and the enemy starts telling me he's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. He's going to die. And so finally I say, shut up. Because this is what I know. If he makes his transition, he goes to be with the Lord. So shut up talking to me. If he makes his transition, he goes to be with the Lord. He goes to be with Jesus. He is saved. You are not getting ready to sit here and talk to me about what I already know because Jesus are so shut up talking to me. So when fear comes in and tries to bring the most, um, the most craziest scenario or situation, I talk back to him and I say, you know what? Then if they leave now, God knows how they leave. God knows when they leave. Um, God knows if they fulfilled their plan and their season. And so I'm not getting ready to sit up and worry about what is God? What's in God's hand? What's outside of my capacity? I'm not getting ready to give energy. So shut up. Shut up. God, when my husband left me, one of the most significant things he said to me was, either I get my healing on this side or I get my healing on that side. Here's the thing you need to know, baby. Either way, 
I'm going to be healed. So when you make your resolve that God has already finished this thing. See, death ain't got no hold on me. Death ain't got no hold on you. Death ain't got no hold on them. See, you, you can't believe in an everlasting father, in a kingdom, in heaven, and then worry about death. That's the enemy. That's the, that's the enemy. That's the plan of the enemy. Those are the tactics. That's why God, when God was talking, when Paul was talking to Tim, Timothy, and he was saying to, there's a, fear's desire is to paralyze you, to paint a picture, right? Well, if you believe Jesus Christ died, so that you can have life more abundantly. I'm just giving you truth. Then if you believe Jesus Christ died so that you can have life more abundantly, then why would I be consumed with death? Why would I be consumed with death? Why would I be why would I be overwhelmed and consumed? Grief has a spirit associated with it. That if you don't catch it, it's normal to grieve. If you don't catch it in time, it'll take you into a different place. Fear has a spirit associated with it. If you don't catch it in time, it will take you to a different place. That is why Paul was telling Timothy when he was grooming him for ministry. He said, look, Tim, look, Tim, I need you to hear me on this. I need you. Look, Timothy, I need you to hear me on this. Hey, he translates the word. He says, God did not give us a spirit of fear. God did not give us a give us a, a spirit of uh, timidity. God did not. God did not. God did not. If you feeling timid, if you feeling if you feeling fearful, if you feeling overwhelmed, Timothy, I need you to understand that did not come from God. That is not from God. That is not. Fear has two emotions, distraction emotion around fear, false evidence appearing real fear. It's an emotion aroused by impending danger. It's an emotion aroused by I'm thinking something's going to happen. I'm threatened by evil. I'm threatened whether it's real or imagined. Well, when we believe who Christ is and that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and he was chastised for our peace and by his stripes, we are healed, then real or imagined, real or imagined, it don't matter because the fear of the Lord, the trust of who God is outweighs anything else, outweighs anything else. What God says outweighs anything else. So when he says to him, he says, look, Tim, Timothy, I need to talk to you for a minute because for you to walk in your level of ministry, for you to walk bold in this, for you to walk into the fullness of who God called you to be, you can't afford to be timid. You can't afford to be fearful. You can't afford to be consumed. We're going to have to teach you how to train your thoughts. We're not talking about, he wasn't talking to him about the reverential fear of the Lord. That's not what Paul said. Paul I was talking to him about him being scared. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Paul was saying, Timothy, you can't, you can't be called what you called to do and be scary, baby. You can't be called. You can't be. Can I tell you something? You can't be called into parenting. My God. And be fearful of this world. You can't be called into be marriage and be fearful of this world. You can't be called to into purpose and be fearful of this world. My God, that fear does. See, because what happens is you'll begin to make every decision after that. That'll be a fear-based decision. So if God is not giving us a spirit of fear, right? The word in Greek means delia, delia, that's cowardice, that's Timothy, right? A person with a spirit of fear is going to shame away or shy away from doing what's right. My God, a person with a spirit of fear is going to shame away or shy away from doing what the word says. Remember, we've been learning our righteousness. We've been learning. Come on, Holy Spirit. Let me give it to you in the word. You set this right up. Let me get welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. I am Lakeisha M. Johnson, a.k.a. LMJ. We are so happy to have you. Let me give it to you how Paul gave it to us, right? So. So when I'm dealing with fear, when I'm not feeling courageous, when fear is take, taking over me, it's interfering with me doing kingdom work. Fear it will interfere. 
I need you to hear me. Fear will interfere with me doing kingdom work. Fear will interfere with my assignments. Fear will interfere with my peace. Fear will interfere with my joy. Fear will interfere with supernatural strength, not the strength of this world, the strength like no other. Fear's assignment is to interfere with that, right? Fear's goal is to cause us to shrink back. Fear's goal is to cause us to um, look at alternative things other than looking to the word of God. Okay, so let me give you this. This is the conflict of two natures because remember, we are on a journey this year of walking deeper. Remember, we're on our seventh day of fast. We're in a journey of walking deeper in the things of God. And one of the God things that God is challenging us in, in this year is our prayer life, right? And us in our prayer life, learning, learning how to pray, pray, pray feverishly. But he's also ch 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 challenging us in this year in learning how to submit to him, how to resist the devil so he will, so he will flee. So when that, let me talk to you a little bit. Let me read this to you about the conflict of your two natures. This is Romans. This is the seventh chapter. This is the 14th verse. It says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm a creature of the flesh. And so when we talk about the law, when we hear him talking about the law, we are talking about the word of God. We are talking about the word of God. I wrote a note this morning. It says, God's word does not, I wrote a note. It says, God's word does not bend to fit your needs. God's word. This is the law. This is the roadmap. This is the plan. This is, this is the law. The word of God has to become the law. That's how you live kingdom. That's how you live kingdom presets. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, Holy Spirit. So when Tim, Paul is talking to Timothy and saying to Timothy, I did not give you a spirit of fear. If you are feeling fearful, that did not come from me. <laughs> that does not come from God. That is not God. That is not, that is not, well, some health, some fear is healthy. I don't know if some fear is healthy. I know that if I'm feeling fearful, it's usually a roadblock or a hindrance trying to keep Keep me from walking in the fullness of who God called me to be, trying to keep me from seeing myself as God has called me, trying to keep me from walking in my righteousness. Fear has never been healthy for me. Fear ain't never been good for me. Fear, fear's never the fear of the Lord. Absolutely, fear of this world, fear of man, fear of my job, fear of people. That kind of fear has never ever been good for me. Discernment has been good for me. What the word of the Lord says has been good for me. The fear of the Lord has been good for me. But any anything other thing that has been ripped, wrapped up in fear, it ain't been good. It ain't been good. It hinders me. It limits me. It takes over my thoughts. It takes over my, my mind. Any fear that looks like that has not been healthy for me. It's not been healthy for me. It drives my decision. As a matter of fact, it puts imminent between imminency between me and God. Come on, y'all. Come on, Holy Spirit. It puts something when this kind of fear is in place, it puts something. It puts enmity. It puts strife. It puts something in between me and God because it does not allow me to trust God to be God. It does not allow me to trust God to be God. It makes me back down. My God, it makes me not live the word according to the truth. So, Conflict of two natures. He says here, he says, we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm a creature of the flesh. <laughs> oh, come on now. Let's be real. I'm a creature of the flesh, worldly, self-reliant, carnal, and unspiritual. And if you will be real, real with yourself, anytime something has come towards you that has made you fearful, you come on, let's be real. We've grown, yes, but anytime a threat comes in a particular area, come on, baby, come on now. Anytime a threat comes in a particular area, we all still got something we working out on. If it's a threat towards your marriage and you're not solid that the Lord can handle and take care of your marriage, you're going to become worldly, you're going to become self-reliant, you're going to become carnal, 
You're going to become unspiritual. You're going to try to fix your marriage. If a threat comes in about your money and you don't have a resolve in your righteousness about your money, you're going to become carnal. You're going to become worldly. You're going to become self-reliant and you're going to become unspiritual. Can I just be real? If a threat comes in and it has to do with your children and you have not resolved in your righteousness about your children, you're going to become worldly, you're going to become self-reliant, you're going to become carnal, and you're going to become spiritual. Why? Because we are creatures of the flesh. We are, if you ain't sold out on your purpose, come on now. If you don't know who you are in your purpose, if you don't know who you are in kingdom, if you don't know who God says you are, come on now. You're going to become carnal. You're going to become worldly, you become self-reliant, and you become unspiritual. And you're going to try to figure out your own purpose instead of discovering who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, so let me hear what Paul says a little bit more. He says, Paul says, for I do not understand my own actions. He says, as a matter of fact, I'm baffled and bewildered by them. I do not practice what I want to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. And I'm yielding to my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity. Now, if I habitually, whoa, a habit, habitually in fear, a habitual worrier, a habitual arguer, habitually in contention, habitually in strife, whatever it is. He says, now, if I habitually do what I do not want to do, that means I agree with the law. Confessing that it is good, morally excellent. If I habitually do what I do not want to do, if I habitually do it. So now if anything becomes a habit, if it becomes a habit for my good, my God, then I understand the fear of the Lord. If it becomes a habit for my bad, then it means my flesh, my worldly, self-reliant, carnal, unspiritual self is still leading me to make every decision. And I have yet... I have yet, I have yet, I have yet, I have yet to submit that to God. It says now, so now, if it, if that is the case, then it is no longer I who do it. The disobedient thing which I despise, but the sin nature which lives in me, right? It's the sin nature that leads me into fear. So if God is saying to us through Paul, God is not giving us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. And I'm still living in sin. I mean, I'm still living in fear that something in me does not trust God. Does not trust God. For I know that nothing good. Let me pause here. Can I say this Holy Spirit? Somebody wrote, especially when it has to do with someone I love. I think the problem here is because we do not know how to love people really in Christ. We love our loved ones very fleshly. And the reason I say we love our loved ones very fleshly, because when something is going on with them, it changes the trajectory of our direction. It skews our vision. We think that this is a godly kind of love, but it's really a fleshly kind of love because a spiritual kind of love where our loved ones concerned, where we would really put them in the hands of the Lord because we know that the Lord can handle the situation way better than we can. Can way, way better, way, way better. Can I tell you something I'm learning in my single singleness? To love God above everything. To love God above, love God above, love God above everything. As a matter of fact, I told the Lord, I don't want him until I love you more. That's what I told the Lord. I don't want to get married until I know that I love you most. I don't want to love my children greater than you. I don't want to love anything. I don't. So when I carry my kids and certain things in fear, then I have an inappropriate kind of love towards them because I think I love them more than the father does. Oh, my God. I think I love, I think I know better than what the father does. When I can release the ones that I love, when I can release them to the father, when I can release the circumstance of the situation to the father, when I know that my prayers work, when I know just like God is completing me, he's going to complete them. Then that saturates me and sits me into another presence. My God, that saturates me and sits me and places me in another position that puts my mind in a position, in a place so it can think on heavenly things. 
Oh, on heavenly things. Lord, help us to love you more. My God, that is one of the things that I repent of daily when I take communion. Father, forgive me for not loving you as I should. Father, forgive me for, forgive me for not loving others as you commanded because these are the greatest commandments. Lord, let me help me every day to love you more. Now, let me go back here. I said, for I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my flesh. My human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity for the willingness to do good is present in me, but the doing of good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want to do. So if I'm practicing the very evil that I do not want to do, it's because there is an, a place, James 4 and 7, skip over there, submit to God. Resist the devil, he's gonna flee. There is a place in me that is not submitted to God, my God, and my fear is leading me instead of uh, my truth in the word. Come on now, instead of sound doctrine, instead of what God has said. So I'm gonna be up at night. I don't know why we had to go here. So I'm gonna be up at night. I'm gonna be losing sleep. I'm not gonna be going to bed. I'm gonna be eating wrong. I'm going to be depressed. I'm going to be all these other different things. I'm going to be all these other different things because that's this spiritual assignment that comes with fear. Fear, I told you, fear. And then there's always a spiritual unclean assignment that comes with it. I, that Somebody just prayed, Holy Spirit, help me to love people the way God would have us love. I promise most of us live in a fleshly kind of love. A fleshly kind of love. Now, and, and can I tell you why I can confidently express this? Because I was married, widowed, now single. I am learning the difference between a fleshly kind of love and a spiritual kind of love. A love that's from above. That's it. My other part to it, I have adult children, I have little children. I have loved adult children trying to hold them, smother them out in my hand, almost killing and bringing death to the relationship to love younger children from a different standpoint with the love of God. It's a difference. It's it's a it's a it's a difference. I carry them differently now because I understand the, the arrows or an error in love will cause me to be fearful. An error in love will cause me to be worried. An error in love will cause me to be anxious. An error in love will cause me not to submit the, this to God. Why? Because when I'm in my flesh, I'm worldly, I'm self-reliant, I'm carnal, and I'm unspiritual. It says, for I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity. For the willingness to do good is present in me, but the doing good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do. But I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want to do, I am no longer the one that's doing it. It's my sinful nature leading me. It's my fearful nature leading me. Fear is leading me to make every decision. Fear, fear will have you foolish. Fear will have you foolish. Fear will have you outside of sound doctrine. Fear will have you where you're not operating in the things of God. Fear will have you where this word is not law. Why? Because that's how the flesh responds. The flesh responds according to the flesh. The flesh will have you making stuff up, talking about it is God. It is God. The flesh will have you making stuff up, guaranteeing it's God. But when you go to the word of God, you can't back it up. You, you can't back it up. You can't. God ain't gave you no scripture. You ain't got nothing to back this up. Fear will have you foolish. Fear will have you outside of God's will on some wide path that does not even fear will just because fear based decisions satisfy and gratify your flesh. So 
Come on. So it says, so I find it to be the law of my inner self that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully delight in the law of God in my inner self with my new nature, with my new nature. This is what I'm going to find my delight in, not my emotions, not my feelings, not what I think is right, not my spirit. Not That's why that's why God has been dealing with us about complacency. That's why God has been saying to us, come up a higher level in his word. Why? Because the word has to be standing. He said, for now I joyfully delight in the law of God in my inner self, my new nature, my righteousness. This is why I got to understand my righteousness, because if Jesus abolished all of the natural things that I I've been walking in. I need to understand in my righteousness. Come on, Holy Spirit. I need to understand in my righteousness that fear is not a part of me. My God, my God, I understand in my righteousness that this does not come from God. I understand in my righteousness, anytime something is out in my kingdom, my mental process, I understand in my righteousness. Oh my God, this is not from God. This is not, this is an assignment that is trying to keep me from walking in peace, from walking in joy, from walking in a sound mind. This is an assignment that makes, that wants me to make a fear-based decision. So it says, Wretched and miserable man that I am, who will rescue me and set me free from this body of death, this corrupt moral existence, right? Thanks be to God for my deliverance through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind serve the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, my human nature, my worldliness, my sinful capacity, I serve the law of sin. Therefore, let me go over to the A. There is now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Set yourself free. Set yourself free. Set yourself free. So once you come into the revelation of who you are, right? There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There's no guilty verdict for those that are in Christ Jesus who believe him as their personal Lord and Savior. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from fear, has set you free from the law of sin and death. So I don't have to walk around being fearful. I don't have to walk around being worried. What I have to make a decision to do is submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So let me just give you some strategies for submitting to God and then we're going to get out of here, right? Because we've been talking about this thing for a minute of what it looks like. Our submission is to be to God and God only. We ain't supposed to submit to man. We ain't supposed to submit to man. We ain't supposed to submit to man. We ain't supposed to... Christ bought your freedom. We submit to a higher power and authority of God. You free in Christ Jesus. You free. You free in Christ Jesus. My God, you're not supposed to submit. You're, sumo, you're supposed to submit to God. Our submission is supposed to be to God. Our submission is not supposed to be to the sin in our life. Let me give you this so I can help you with this. Sin is being resistant to God. Now, let me tell you what sin is. Sin for some of us who try to justify it, is is any time you do what God wants you, you don't do what God is asking of you. Anytime God is requiring something of you and you make a decision not to do it, you are sinning. I'm sorry. You, you, he's asked you to walk in peace. He's asked you whatever God has asked you to do. <laughs> when sin, when sin, whatever God has asked you to do, when I am sin. When I am sinning, I am being resistant to God. <laughs> I'm going to say that one more time. When I am sinning, I am being resistant to God. Every time I put my desires over God's desires for my life, I'm falling short of what God has planned for me. Even though my freedom has been bought in Jesus Christ. When I understand my freedom is bought in Jesus Christ, then this, this good book, this the book of instructions, the book of life becomes my way of living. It becomes my way of living. It becomes my way. I don't make excuses that I can't live like this. I make excuses that I can live like this because Jesus already bought my freedom. 
So James comes in in the book of James, so 4 7. He's going to give us some practical advice. That's what he's saying. He's going to give us something. He says, look, you, you can do this through Christ Jesus. You're free to do this in Christ Jesus. So that's what he says. He says, therefore, this is found four, 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 four verses, 7 through 11. He says, therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he's going to flee. These are the instructions. Draw near to God. See, nothing sinful can be in the presence of God. So when I draw near to God, guess what's going to happen? Come on, Holy Spirit. Sin going to go. Sin, I don't care how long I've been practicing it. I don't care. Can I, I promise you, he can break the, the spirit of perversion off your life. I don't care how long you've been returning to pornography. He can break the spirit of perversion off your life, baby. Just keep drawing close to him. It says, draw. that's what he says. He said, draw near to God and he will draw near to him. I promise you. As a matter of fact, a man of God told me one time, he said, just keep getting back up. Just keep getting back up. He said, I promise you one day it's going to fall off. Just keep drawing near to God. He's going to draw near to you. He's going to draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You can't be double-minded. You can't decide today, I'm going to live by the word, and tomorrow, I'm not going to live by the word. You can't be double-minded. I'm just trying to teach you. I'm trying to show you how to submit to God. You can't be double-minded. You, you can't be double-minded. You got to make it, make your decision up. You can't stand, stand on the fence. You can't afford to be lukewarm anymore. You're going to have to decide that the I'm going to live by the word. I'm going to live holy. My God, I'm going to stand in what God says to me. He says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double mind. He said, laminate and mourn and weep. He said, weep over your sins. When you do sin, because we're going to mess up. We're all sin is short. The fall short of the glory of God. When you, your attitude towards your sin is going to determine what happens next. If you send, send your cash, you treat your sin casually, guess what's going to happen? You're going to casually fall back into sin. <laughs> Can I just be real? I got to wrap this up. If you treat your sin casually, if you treat your, your cussing, your acting ugly, your talking about people casually, your gossip casually, your strife casually, your contention casually if you treat it all casually if you treat that's that if you treat sin if you treat your mess ups like they ain't no big deal guess what's gonna happen you're gonna fall right back into that place i'm just being real if you ain't deal with it if you treat it casually if you don't mourn over it if you don't weep over it if there's no laminate on it you're gonna fall right back into that place because really what you're doing is justifying that it's okay let, and then it says, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy turn to gloom. That's why you have to be, that's why, can I, can I help you, can I, can I help you with something? That's why I don't watch anything that signs off on sin. I don't put that in my spirit. I don't agree to that. I don't agree with that. If it's anything in something that I know God would not be pleased with, if it's any show, if it's any movie, if it's a video on Facebook, I'm not, it's not getting my attention because I know God is not pleased with sin. I know God is not pleased. So if it grieves him, me, him, it's supposed to grieve me. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's my sons. I don't care if it's my daughter. I don't care who it is. If it grieves him, it's got to grieve me. Now, how I respond to that grief towards others will be different. So he says, humble yourselves. When the scripture says humble yourselves, when people, oh Lord, I need you to humble me. That's not what the word says. The word says for you to humble yourself. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he's going to lift you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Do not speak evil of one another. I, I, period. I don't care how you justify it in the scripture. Do not speak evil of one another. This is what the word says. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but you're a judge of the law. So if I'm going to draw near to God, I'm going to build my relationship with God. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to pray to him and I'm going to meditate on him. 
I'm not going to meditate on nothing else. I'm going to meditate on him. Meditation is when I let something run through my head again and again and again and again and again. That is why the scripture says, think on things that are only pure, lovely, and good report. Think on things that are only pure, lovely, and of good report. Two, I'm going to cleanse my hands. I'm going to watch my actions. I'm going to watch what I'm doing. If I'm doing evil, I'm going to cut it out. How do you cut it out? Oh, I don't have no control over that. You have all the control in the world. Why? Because Jesus already died for that. You have way more control than you think. When you think you don't have control, you do not understand your righteousness. You have way more control than you think. You just got to give it to Jesus. You got to ask Jesus for his holiness. You need to purify your heart. Watch what you think. When it says you are double-minded, my God, my God, when you are thinking on good thoughts, you're not dwelling on sinful thoughts. You're not dwelling on worry. You're not dwelling on fear. You have got to think Thoughts. You have got to control what you think, right? So you got to purify your hearts. Mourn over your sin. When you mess up, grieve that thing, baby. Don't let your flesh tell you it's no big deal. Don't let your flesh be like, well, that's what grace is for, okay? Don't let your flesh do. When your flesh start talking to you kindly about your sin, you better tell your flesh, because your flesh is deceitful. You better tell your flesh, shut up. <laughs> shut up talking to me, because I know you lied. I know God is not pleased with this. I know God is not pleased with this. You shut up. You trying to make me comfortable in this. You trying to make me feel like this is okay. And this is not okay with God. Shut up talking to me. You do not get to talk to me like this. You do not get to make me think gossiping is okay. You do not get me to take think, think backbiting is okay. You do not get me to make me think contentious is okay. You do not get me to make me think lewdness is okay. You do not get to make me think crudeness is okay. Those are by the flesh. You're not going to make me think sexual immorality is okay. Those are by the flesh. I'm not getting ready to do that. Go over to Galatians 5 and 22. It's going to tell you all the things that are things that are by the flesh. Then you humble yourself. You humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. You Not a false humility. A, a, a sincere humility every time comes to the word of God. Looking for fresh revelation. Letting the Holy Spirit show you things in you that do not line up with the word. You don't assume anything. You don't assume anything, baby. You don't assume anything. And then do not speak evil. Don't think evil. Don't speak evil. We're not to speak evil about fellow Christians. We're not to speak evil about God's word. Stop talking bad about one another. Stop thinking we can bend God's word to fit our needs. The word of God says don't judge a fellow person. We are not supposed to be judging a fellow person. And the next thing is do what the word of God says. Do do what this says. If something is presenting an issue, go to the word of God. God, what are you saying to me about this? If I'm dealing with fear, Lord, what are you saying? We are too self-reliant. We seek everything else to bring us. We look for information in everything else. We look for information in everything else. When all we need is in the word of God. Well, man wrote the Bible. No, go over to Timothy. All scripture is breathed by God. Stop letting the, stop letting the devil lie to you. He'll, he'll twist it to make you think that it means absolutely nothing, but it means everything to God. That's it. Is that it? That's it. I love y'all. That's it. That's it. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And you will flee. Submit to God. Resist the devil. And he going to flee. How do you submit to God? I'm going to sum that up one more time. Draw near to God. Clean, cleanse your, Deal with your sin. Purify your heart. Mourn over your sin. Grieve your sin. Don't let your sin be. Mm -mm. Humble yourself. Don't speak evil and do what the good book says. Do what the word of God says. If the word of God says forgive your enemy, guess what you need to do? Forgive your enemy. If the word of God tells you don't talk about people, guess what you're not supposed to do? Don't talk about people. Don't talk about people. If the word of God tells you to tithe, to give, to sow, to love, to bless, go do what the word of God says. Word of God tells you to take care of your widows. Go take care of your widows. Go take care of your widows. The word of God tells us, what does the word of God tells us, tell us to do about those in prison? What does the word of God tell us to do about feeding the hungry? What is the word of God telling us to do about our life? Whatever the word of God is telling you to do about your life, do those 
things and stop making excuses. Excuses are the flesh. Excuses are the flesh. I love y'all. I got to go. I got to get out of here. 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 Two things. Two, two things. Two, two things. Will you consider partnering with us? Will you consider becoming a partner of this ministry? My God, you can go over to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com, and find out all of the ways we serve our community, all the ways of all the things that we are doing, not just in Arkansas, throughout the world. Go. If God places it on your heart, go over to the website, click the donate button, and partner with us. My God, our partners are so valuable to us. Or you can cash app us, dollar sign, LMJ Ministry. The other thing is, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, this is your moment. I am not who I am without Jesus. I wish I could. I wish I would tell you. Can I say that? That I'm dope without, I'm not this dope without, I can't be dope without Jesus. I can't be dope. I'm nothing I am with, is without Jesus. He is my beginning. He is my end. He is my lifeline. He is my lifeline. Everything I am is because of Jesus. So I don't want you to take another minute, moment, hour to be without Jesus. I don't want you to be ashamed of your past. I don't want you to be ashamed of your sins. He'll work that all out. You just got to come to him. I need you to repeat after me. I need you to repeat after me. I need you to take this moment and repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. I have sinned against you. My God, I'm sorry for that. I'm asking you to come into my life and take away my sins. And I promise to love and follow you the best that I can. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And Romans tells us he will no way cast you out. No way. No way. No way. Nothing you've done. Nothing you've done. Nothing you've done. He will no way cast you out. My God. Obey the Lord in this season. So if he tells you to sow. Wherever you sow, sow if he tells you to sow. I hear that in my spirit. If the Lord presses against you, so don't justify that it's not in your budget. Obey God, honor God, and do exactly what God tells you to do where sowing is concerned. I promise you, it is going to produce a harvest for you. I am seeing the hand of God move like crazy. Woman got, got filled with the spirit, got filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking tongues, another woman of God inboxed me and told me she's not having night terrors anymore. The spirit of where the spirit of the Lord is freedom is doing. Do exactly what God told you to do. Let me pre let me speak the priestly blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. My God. Hey, if you've never been involved with our ladies' Bible study, you need to join that group. For those of you guys that are registered for Pillow Talk, go get your Pillow Talk pack in your journal. I'm going to send out an email reminder for that today. Sunday, I think the workshop is full. I'm going to do a workshop Sunday evening completely free. How to receive, because the vision is already there, how to receive your vision from God. Might be a few spaces left. I don't know. Might be a few spaces. I don't know. I'm going to send out all the information for the workshop tomorrow. I'm going to send you your Zoom link. And we're going to get in there Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Can't wait to Pillow Talk January 30th. I love you so much. Oh, Feed the Streets. We are feeding the streets this Saturday. We will give out 500 meal kits to our community. If you want to come serve or be a part of Feed the Streets, send an email to our Director of Outreach, Shonda, at Just beinglmj.com. If you can't be here but want to sow to feed the streets, cash app us or go to PayPal. I love you so much. I love you so much. God loves you so much more. My God, go be loved today. Go do something nice for someone today. Go be a blessing to someone today. Break your norm up. Go do something else for someone else today. Love. Peace. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, Log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.